Are you a mother who feels stuck in depression? Does it seem like your life is overshadowed by clouds that never seem to part? Hi, my name is Christine Chapel, and before we start today's podcast episode, I wanted to let you know about a new book I've written entitled Midnight Mercies, Walking with God Through Depression in Motherhood. Perhaps the best way to describe this book is that it's an empathetic, God-centered journey from hopelessness to hope. Sharing from my own experiences of depression and the cries of God's people throughout the scriptures, my hope is that you'll be reminded of Christ's faithfulness to you and presence with you, even when the darkness doesn't lift. Each chapter concludes with immediate help in the form of simple next steps, a scripture verse for contemplation and comfort, and questions for journaling. So if you're a Christian mother whose world has gone dark, and you feel guilty or ashamed that you can't figure out how to turn the lights back on again, I pray that the Lord will use this book to lift that burden off your back. Whether you feel hopeless, weary, sad, angry, anxious, ashamed, or lonely today, God's mercies will sustain you no matter how dark the night. You can learn more about this new resource and order a copy today by visiting online retailers such as Amazon, christianbook.com, biblicalcounselingbooks.com, or PNR Publishing at prpbooks.com. Hey friends, my name is Christine Chapel, and you're listening to the Hope and Help podcast from the Institute for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship where we host biblical conversations about life's challenging problems. In this episode, I chat with Shannon McCoy about the topic of loneliness. For more help on today's topic, visit ibcd.org forward slash hope and help, where you can access notes from today's episode and browse related resources from our digital library. Before we get started, let me introduce you to our guest. Shannon is the Director of Biblical Counseling at her church in California. She is certified by the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors and has a Master of Arts in Biblical Counseling from the Master's University. Shannon is the author of Help, I'm a Slave to Food and is also a contributing author to the book Women Counseling Women. In addition to all of that, she is also a retreat and conference speaker and serves as a council member, blogger, and book reviewer for the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Hey there, Shannon. Thanks so much for joining us for the show today. It's great to have you back on the podcast. Thank you, Christine. It's good to speak with you again. I am really looking forward to this conversation on the topic of loneliness. I just wanted really any excuse to be able to talk to you again on the show. And I know this is a topic that is um, something you've presented on even at IBCD conferences in the past and other uh, conferences you've been invited to. And so before we get started, I wondered if you could spend a few minutes telling us why you are so passionate about speaking to the issue of loneliness. Well, from personal experience, of course of just in my life uh, that has been like a theme throughout my life of loneliness. And let me just define what that is. Loneliness is an unsettling feeling of disconnection from others, whether alone or in the presence of people. Sometimes it can come upon you subtly or it can just come upon you all of a sudden. So it's, it's a big deal and a lot of people experience it. People can become incapacitated, debilitated, paralyzed, 
by feelings of loneliness. And even the psalmist talks about their experience of loneliness in Psalm 142.4. No one cares for my soul. I mean, how many times have we felt that way? It's like, no one cares for my soul. And, you know, from a Christian's perspective, we know that's not exactly true. So it's good to analyze, like, what is loneliness and what's going on there? And what does the Bible have to say about it? It is especially dire for Christians to be hindered in their Christian life by loneliness. Because Christians overcome by loneliness are ineffective for the kingdom of God. It can cause you to lose perspective and to question your faith. Little things become big, loved ones become enemies, and circumstances become life-threatening. And worst of all, you may feel that God has turned his back on you. I wonder if you could maybe offer some concrete examples of, of even in the last three years, you know, since COVID, loneliness mm-hmm. has been a big factor. And so can you share why you think so many people, even in today's culture, struggle with feelings of loneliness? Yeah, it's just a, a, a many, many reasons why. But I think the crux of the issue is that we have lost the concept of community. We have a broken sense of community. We are self-focused humans. We're self-driven society, which is the enemy to community, actually. We no longer depend on people like we used to, like for the daily things of life. We want to be independent because dealing with family and people is just frustrating. It's like, oh, it's just easy. I'll just do it myself. You know, but think of the time. Think back when I'm, I'm old enough to remember when grandma was used to actually going to places to pay the electric bill. They actually, you know, she would actually go to the to the place to pay it with a check or with cash. That doesn't happen anymore. Everything's digital. Everything's online. So there's no one there giving their time to grandma to help her run her errands. You know, even I remember a time taking my grandma to the grocery store and I was a, you know, young person in my 20s and it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. And it was like so boring. She's walking through the grocery store, taking forever, you know, but that was a sense of community. That was a sense of, you know, giving my grandma time to be in someone's presence and probably helped her in her loneliness. So loneliness can be found in several areas, like when you're single, when you're married, you're young, you're old in leadership, in the caretaker role, the at-home parent role, whether in a crowd or alone, when you find yourself facing trials by yourself, loneliness is there. When a loved one betrays you, loneliness is there. When you forget that God is always with you, loneliness is there. And loneliness just reveals our desperate need for help. Do you have more to say about a biblical perspective on what it means to feel lonely? Well, we know loneliness is a universal feeling. To be lonely is to be human. And that came from the fall. You know, when sin entered into the human condition in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve, you know, disobeyed God by eating from the forbidden tree, a severe relational disconnect took place. I mean, they experienced loneliness because they were not only hiding from God, but they were hiding from each other. And uh, there's a Psalm, uh, Psalm 25, 16 says, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. So the Bible addresses uh, loneliness throughout. We can just pick out the different characters in the Bible and see uh, if we're if we're looking at it from that lens of loneliness, it will just pop out and we'll see, oh, Naomi in the book of Ruth, you know, and Job, you know, how these people experience loneliness. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Naomi. That's actually the character and the narrative I turn to for the chapter of loneliness in my book, Midnight Mercies. And so it is uh, something that once you're awakened to what loneliness sounds like, what loneliness feels like, what loneliness is, you really do start to see it pop up all over in the human experience. And so can you help us to explore what are some of the reasons why we might feel, I guess, disconnected from God? And that can be very confusing. I know even for me personally, when I went through a time where I felt like God had abandoned me, even though I'm like, that can't be true, but then why does it feel so true? There, there are so many ways to answer this question. So I, I like to go down this, this route. So if you can imagine a worksheet with three columns, the left column has the three human desires or needs that we have. And those three human desires and needs are love, significance, and security. Now, when you think of love, that you can think of other words like belonging, you know, or significance. You can think of words like feeling valued or worthy or validated. And security, think of things like feeling safe, you know, provided for. So those are just human things that we all desire. And then the second column would be the things, the temporal, the earthly things that we look to fulfill our our desire for love, significance, and security. And what are some of those things like relationships? Of course, God has given us relationships to to experience love, uh, security, and significance. He's given us, you know, careers, jobs, you know, different purposes in our lives, relationships in terms of the church family and friends and all of these things that are here on earth that we unfortunately seek to fulfill those human desires. When those human desires show that they are insufficient, they're inadequate, and they're, they're never, they can never be enough because people die, people leave us, you know, so that love relationship is broken. You know, we lose jobs. I mean, think about 2020, a lot happened. A lot of loss happened during 2020. People lost their jobs. People lost some loved ones. That And that security was gone. You know, our significance, you know, was gone. And so those things, like, why am I, why are we looking to those earthly things to fulfill that? Because without Christ, that's all we know. So the third column is um, eternal or God-focused. And this is where the gospel comes in. When we become believers in Jesus Christ, putting our faith in Jesus, In the gospel, the gospel tells us, hey, you are already loved. You're already significant. You're already secure in Christ. So once our understanding of that is settled, it's like, I'm in this relationship. This person loves me, but then he leaves. And now I'm devastated. But really, truly, are you fully devastated when you have the love of Christ? If you lose your job, are you devastated? Can you never come out of that? No, because God is our provider. So that's the beauty of being in Christ, that all those things, losing all those things can bring on loneliness. But when we think about the gospel tells me all of these things that I don't have to be lonely, like utterly lonely because I have the presence of Christ. Yes, you have lost the presence of someone or something. That is true. That is real. You feel that pain. But also in this spiritual relationship that we have with Christ, 
he can transform that pain in such a way that that loneliness does not take a hold of you and you just render you feeling like you're useless and no, you know, don't have anywhere or any place to go. No one cares for my soul. Those columns are really helpful because as I was thinking about what you were saying, how you were describing them, I almost made me wonder, you know, then in that first column where you talk about love, significance, significance and security. security. So love, significance and security. So I almost thinking back to my own experiences of loneliness and feeling distant or, or disconnected from God, you know, I think that there were things going on in my life and in my, my inner world, I guess you could say, where I didn't feel loved by God. I didn't feel significant in Christ. And I didn't sometimes feel safe because I was, what I was going through almost felt like he was handling me harshly. Right. And and I'm not saying that those are accurate statements of what was going on, but in terms of my felt reality at the time. And so do you have any comments about that, of, of how even our experiences and our perceptions can feed or fuel that feeling mm-hmm. of being disconnected from God in relationship? Yeah, I think of Job, right? Uh, he lost every single thing and he had that conversation with God and God said, you know, who are you to cancel me? You know, it's like, you know, we can have that hard conversation with God. And the ultimate truth is, oh, God, your word is true. You have to choose that by faith. Even going through my situation of divorce, it was it was very hard. It went into a three-year depression and I was questioning my faith in God because I actually felt I was living like, God, you did betray me. You have forsaken me. And it took like years, three to five years for me to realize that I was actually living with that unbelief, that disbelief, that false belief about God. When when God spoke to me, spiritually speaking, that is like, you've been waking up every day thinking that I have betrayed you and I have forsaken you. And it just came to my, just the awareness of that. It's like, wait a minute. I know that's wrong. I know the scriptures don't say that. So it's like my perspective is wrong because God is not wrong. So if I'm feeling, I'm having these feelings like, God, I don't feel like you love me. I don't feel like I'm significant because you're allowing these hard things to happen to me. I don't feel secure because look, you you allowed me to lose everything. And it's like the perspective has to change. It is not God who, who has moved away or changed anything about his word. We have to make a choice to say, wait a second. What God says is true. I'm looking at this in a way that is defeating, that is basically calling God a liar. And I know that's not true. In Matthew 4, Jesus is our example of how do you fight things when they're hard? In Matthew 4, Jesus experienced harsh temptation when God told him to go into the wilderness. He experienced hungriness and he was tempted by, you know, exercising his godly power and and, and all that stuff. He says, he resisted all of that stuff from Satan and said, man does not live on bread alone, but by God's word. It's like that's, so we looking at our situation, you look at your situation where you were, where I was, and it's like, I can't just live on my feelings alone. You know, I have to live by the word of God. And that's how, I know your story, that's how you came out of it. That's how I came out of mine as well, is choosing to believe what God has said. 
Yeah, that's so good. Thank you for helping us just to think about that a bit more, because I really wanted to get down to that. Why do I feel disconnected from God, even though I'm a believer? Because, you know, real believers do feel that. So it's important. It's hard to talk about, you know, and painful for a lot of people. But at the same time, I love just your encouragement there that, you know, when we're talking about love, significance and security in terms of the things that we're looking for in our relationships with other people, but primarily where we need to be drawing that from the Lord. Where are we looking to in our life to be confirmed that we are loved, to be confirmed right. that we have significance? If, if we're looking to our circumstances, if we're relying on our own understanding or feelings, then it makes sense that we would draw conclusions that like even Job was tempted to draw a conclusion when he says, that basically, God, you have become cruel to me. And so thank you for helping us think through that and then ultimately landing on the reality that, you know, we all have our own journeys, but ultimately those journeys take us back to, are we going to rest ourselves on the word of God or not? You know, you did talk a a little bit about in those three columns, I think it was the second column where you offered, where might we be turning to creature comforts or worldly refuges to try to ease or assuage these feelings that we have of just being alone in the world with not a friend to turn to, nobody cares for my soul. Can you talk a little bit more just so that our listeners can maybe even identify this in their own life if it's at work? Some of the harmful ways that we are tempted to cope with our feelings of loneliness. Yeah, when we have feelings of loneliness, we just want to run and escape from it. And think about if you just, it's like, I just haven't had love in my life. My upbringing was, you know, some neglect was there. And I just want, to be in a relationship where I'm unconditionally loved by someone. So that person gravitates toward really dysfunctional ways that they grew up because they're comfortable. And it's like, uh, you're drawn to an alcoholic because alcoholism was an issue in your family, but that was, that's what you're familiar with. And you find yourself in some toxic relationship, but you're looking for love. You're not looking for destruction. You're looking for love. And it's, it's just confusing when you're trying to fulfill something through a lens that is unhealthy and distorted from a human perspective. So yes, toxic relationships, we can pursue, let's say, I want security so bad, I'm just gonna go for the career that will give me the most money. I wanna be rich so that I don't have to deal with lack anymore, okay? So that puts you on the trajectory of this climbing the ladder, the corporate ladder, whatever it is, when you never should have been in that. you, You get there, you're unhappy, you know, there's corruption there. You get caught up. It's like, it could just be destructive. And then other things like for me, for instance, you know, we go to my substance was food, but there are other substances like drinking and drugs and spending money and debt forever. We go to these things and which are harmful to us because we're trying to escape. We're trying to get rid of the feeling, you know, when we binge watch something and eat ice cream and cake, you know, it's like we're in a different world. (laughs) You know, reality is gone. We're sucked into this fake world, you know, that we're finding pleasure in. But what happens when it's over, when the last episode is done (laughs) and you feel that sense of emptiness, it's like, what am I going to do now? What am I going to watch now? You know, or the, the, I ate up all the ice cream. It's empty. There's this crash that comes, right? This crash of emptiness of loneliness. It's because we just fed it. You know, we created it. We're continuing it instead of 
running to the only one who can rescue us from feelings of loneliness, from the destructive pathways of loneliness. You did briefly mention the gospel of Jesus Christ and how that speaks into our experiences of loneliness. But I wonder if you could help to connect the dots because we've we've covered a lot of bases so far in this conversation. But I really would love to just make it crystal clear for our listeners in, in terms of how the gospel applies to the experience of loneliness. Yeah, like I said earlier, you know, when we are in Christ, when we become, I can't quote it, I don't think, but one of my favorite verses is Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. Like, I, I don't know if I quoted gave, it. Right. Yeah. yeah, you pretty much got it. <laughs> who loved me and gave himself up, gave himself for me. Yeah, okay, you, so you pretty that, much got it. That verse tells me that once I gave my life to Christ, my life no longer belongs to me. I can't dictate the things that I want to fulfill in my life because we don't have control of those things. Like I said, that the temporal things, we don't have control over that, over those things. So in Christ, we surrender our lives there and we wake up in the morning. Okay, Lord, my life is yours lead me and guide me to where you want me to go. If I'm feeling lonely for love, I know that I'm already loved. The gospel tells me I'm already loved by you, Lord. So out of that knowledge and confidence that I am loved by you, I can now face this marriage that's been difficult. You know, I can now be around this person and not crumble because I know that I am secure in my love for you and you, your love for me. I can go into the workplace where, you know, it's difficult people and things out there. I could see the news happening with all the fires that's happening that can, it can shake our faith. It can scare us, but knowing what I'm secure in Christ, that he is sovereign over all things. And so this is what the gospel reminds us of. And we have to remember that daily because we're challenged daily by things that's going to trip us up and probably make us have those feelings of of loneliness. If someone rejects you, it's like, okay, now what? Where are you going to go with that? I would say lean into God. Do not run from God. Do not disconnect from God because it is not him trying to destroy you. We have an enemy that's taking care of that. Uh, yes, God is allowing it, but he's allowing it for a purpose and not to destroy you, but to transform you. Yeah, even just to get us to take our hands off of the things that we turn to to ease our loneliness, because it's not safe for us to pursue those false refuges or false means of self-medication or comfort or, or what, what have you. It, it's almost as if that search and that restless longing that we have serves a purpose. And that purpose isn't to lead us into destruction, right? But to lead us in the way everlasting, which is to relationship with God and coming to him with our hurt and those feelings. Yeah, let me give you a couple of scriptures to go along with that. So Matthew 28, 20 says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He is with us. That's a promise. Isaiah 41, 10 says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him 
because he cares for you. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So many of these promises are in scripture that we dismiss or skip over, you know, when we're going through something that's hard, you know, so we have to remember, like, keep going to the scriptures, keep trusting in his word, keep believing his word, even if you don't feel it. Even one of the scriptures you just mentioned about casting our cares on the Lord because he cares for us, got me thinking about communicating with God. And that maybe sometimes we feel that relational disconnectivity because we feel like we can't come to him and talk honestly about what we're going through. And of course, in any relationship, whether human or divine, if there's not open lines of communication, you're not going to feel like you're in an intimate relationship. And so thank you for sharing that because that was, uh, I think, something I hadn't thought of before. On that point right there, think about this. So humans can walk away from you, right? So yes, we have to be open, but we can't force someone to listen to us. So humans will be there and humans will disappoint, but God never will. He is always there to hear us. He doesn't move. We move, right? It's like, he's always there. So he's always there for us to come to and communicate and be open with him. Yeah. One of the Psalms talks about to pour out our hearts before the Lord because he is our refuge, you know, refuge meaning the one that we come to when we are struggling with feeling loved, significant, secure, or safe. And so really just, I'm thankful for those categories now that you've offered because it helps me kind of organize, (laughs) organize things a little bit as I think through this. So I think that's really helpful. Uh, Another thing I would like to offer the listeners that might be helpful for them, especially if somebody listening finds that loneliness is part of their daily experience. And like you said, when it is, it can become life disrupting. So I'd really love to help that listener today with maybe some few practical steps that they can take when they do feel just kind of that overwhelming sense of loneliness. Can you offer some for us? Yeah. So just some things that I just came to my head, just listing out. First thing, you need to have honest awareness because when you're feeling like out of sorts and it's like, what's wrong with me? Ask yourself, what's this I'm feeling? What's going on here? Ask God, God, I'm feeling weird and out of sorts. I'm I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Don't run from God, but run towards God. It's like, okay, God, what is going on with me? So that's the first thing of being aware, honest awareness. Second thing is don't keep it a secret. Ask for prayer. That's one thing about loneliness. Loneliness gets fed by isolation. And because we run back, we shrink back because we can't trust anybody. You know, God doesn't even like me. And we just isolate into our little corner. So don't keep it a secret. Ask someone to pray for you. Tell someone, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? And another one is lean into God rather than allowing your attitude to keep you distant from God. Meaning the attitudes of, I'm not good enough. No one cares for my soul. God may be good for other people, but he's not, he's not good in my life. All of these things, don't let that keep you from God. Lean into God. And just a little paragraph I want to read here. You being in a state of loneliness does not exempt you from serving the Lord and loving others. So like I said, loneliness can keep you isolated. You run from people. 
but that does not exempt you from being obedient in the sense of uh, serving the Lord and loving others. Can you reach out to someone else who may be lonely as well? Think about the elderly. Think about, you know, that teenager, you know, ask the Lord to show you someone who is lonely so you can go and minister to that person. Yeah, those are very helpful next steps. I wonder too, you know, as we think about so many different problems that we have in life and our society today likes to offer quick fixes for things, you know, you just Google search and find hundreds of blog articles about how you can, you know, feel better or do this or that. And and loneliness may feel like that one of those problems. Like, is there a quick fix? Is this something I'm always going to feel uh, on the side of heaven? Can it, will it ever go away? And so I wondered if you could talk a little bit about is loneliness, the experience of loneliness, something that we can completely eradicate from our lives on this side of heaven? Sorry, but no. <laughs> no, because, you know, we are not in control of the many things that can happen to us in life. Just think about the fires that's happening in Canada, fires happening in Hawaii, California is always having fires, devastating floods or tornadoes. Who's in control of that? We're not in control of that. And those can result in destructive things. So we can't put ourselves in this safe little bubble so that we don't experience anything bad. So unfortunately, loneliness cannot be eradicated from it. And we cannot control when a loved one leaves us by death or just going off to college. A lot of people are experiencing their kids going off to college. And there is a sense of loneliness when that person's spirit is not in the household you know, anymore. Uh, we cannot control the loneliness of being like in a hospital bed. After visiting hours, accidents happen. We find ourselves, you know, having surgery and we're there alone. We And I, I've been there before in a hospital room. I've had wonderful experiences with, with nurses, but I don't know them. They don't know me. And I'm not near my loved ones. Also, we cannot control every circumstance of our lives by trying to run away from loneliness. We can't run far enough to think that we can eradicate it from our lives. Well, we've got time for just a couple more questions. And so before we go to the final question, I actually would love to bring this issue to the heart of the local church. We are the Institute for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, and our mission is to equip the local church in one another care. And so that being said, how might the local church be proactive in its approach to addressing loneliness in their congregation and nearby communities? Well, churches have the unique opportunity to emphasize community and to display what God meant for community. Think about just how churches can be a witness to that. Non-believers, they are still surprised at how church members show up when a family member passes away. For instance, I had a coworker whose brother was a believer and he suddenly passed away and his coworkers were just very surprised about his, how his church members came to the aid of his family. Even his unbelieving family members were like, wow, I can't believe his church members, they don't even know us, but they're coming, they're bringing meals, they're just providing for their needs. And it, that takes community, the church community to do that. So our church is establishing those types of communities within their congregation. Also, churches should take advantage of the creative ways to create community don't knock the power of small groups. This, the small groups are huge. It could be a huge asset, not just the regular home groups, but small groups that talk about, let's say, 
grieving, uh, small groups for widows, small groups for stay-at-home moms, and different groups can speak to the, the different lonelinesses that people experience. So that's, there's power in that. Also, don't knock the usefulness of social media or software groups such as Facebook groups or Microsoft Teams. You know, there are ways that we can create community even online when church members aren't there locally or if they're sick. Think about how fast and efficient things could be if there's a group. I just, I'm just thinking of Facebook. Didn't have to be Facebook, but a Facebook group <laughs> where you jump in there and say, hey, so Michelle uh, is experiencing this particular thing. Does anyone have this thing that they can provide? That's a quick way to communicate because we're already on social media. We already get those notifications. So you, let's use it to build community within our own churches. Awesome. Well, it is that time. And I know you've done this before, but I am going to invite you to do something that I ask every guest of the Hope and Help podcast to do, which is to speak directly to the audience. There may be someone listening today who finds themselves walking through a season of loneliness. What would you say to this listener to encourage them with the hope and help of Jesus Christ? First, I would say that you are in good company. There are many Christians experiencing seasons of loneliness due to chronic health issues, grieving losses, relationship changing, moving to a new city, or the changes of life as we age. So do not be afraid of loneliness. Second, allow your feelings of loneliness to cause you to lean more into the Lord. Express your needs and desires to Him and ask Him to sustain you with His presence, His love, His grace, and His mercy in your life. This is where you can do a proper lament. Lament, you know, in the presence of a God who truly loves you and has created you on purpose and with a purpose. That is the safest place to be. Thirdly, remember that we do not live for the here and now. We are pilgrims passing through. Compared to eternity that awaits us, loneliness is but for a moment. So keep your eyes on Christ and focus your life on doing those things that bring him glory. In our loneliness, you may be tempted to run away from God, doubting his love and purpose for you. God wants to use your experience of loneliness as a pathway to himself. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God promises to be present with you instead of going to your lonely hiding place. Allow God to use it to draw you into a deeper relationship with himself. He calls the lonely out of seclusion and invites you to come into his presence. He promises to show you the path of life and to give you fullness of joy. That could be found in Psalm 62, 11. He puts the broken pieces back together to renew your purpose and to make you useful again. So loneliness is a pathway to a deeper fellowship with God. It can cause you to believe that you have nothing left. But in Christ, you have everything you need. And that is found in 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Trust him with your loneliness. Let it be an offering to him as an act of worship and rest in the joy of his presence. Such good encouragement, Sister Shannon. Thank you so much for sharing those thoughts with us and those scriptures in particular. I want to let the listener know 
I don't have a book to refer you to for this conversation, but I do have a past conference audio that Shannon delivered at one of our IBCD conferences, our summer institutes. And so if you are interested in hearing even more from Shannon on this topic, you can click in the show notes, go to the link there that will take you to IBCD's website where you can access that information. And I will link there on that show page the conference talk that she did where you can stream and, and check that out and learn even more. And so thank you, Shannon, so much for taking time out of your schedule. And I can't wait to, uh, to talk to you again here soon. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Christine. Before we let you go, I'd like to remind you to visit ibcd.org forward slash hope and help. There you can check out the show notes from today's episode. If you enjoyed this conversation, why not subscribe to the podcast? That way you'll be notified when new episodes release. Also, please don't keep the Hope and Help podcast a secret. If you know someone who could be encouraged by listening to this episode, please do them a favor by sharing it. Thanks so much for joining us for today's show. Be sure to join us next time on the Hope and Help podcast.